number two of the Bill Michaels Show. We are glad you're with us. Thanks so much, as always. Certainly appreciate it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, is this the prove-it year? Is this the prove-it year for Christian Yelich? Is this the prove-it year for Christian Yelich? That's what I want to know. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Is this the prove-it year for Christian Yelich? Or if there isn't a a boon when it comes to statistics, OPS and such, and power numbers coming back? Or do you start to look at the contract and go, yeah, you know what, this is uh, this is not a great deal for the Milwaukee Brewers? 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Is this a prove-it year for Christian Yelich? I want your thoughts. Is this a prove-it year for Christian Yelich? Anthony says he's already proven himself. That's what got him the contract to begin with. Why are we so worried about Yelich and his numbers? Uh, You're not worried at all? You're not worried at all? And I'm not saying you should be, but I think there's something to be said for what has not transpired. Let's be honest, right? I, I I mean, I would be a little disconcerting. Hitting 248 last season, nine home runs, 51 RBI. He had just under a, a tick under 400 at-bats. That's, that's not what he's getting paid to do. So last season was not a great season. Obviously, the 2021 or 2020 season was not a great season by any stretch of the imagination for Christian Yelich. I mean, he only hit 205. He had 12. He had more home runs in 2020 than he did last season. He had 12 home runs in that shortened year. He had 200 at bats there. So he's got 600 at bats. 600 at bats in the last year and a half. And he's hitting 230-something on average. So aren't you a little concerned? A little, maybe? In the postseason, he was 3 for 15 last year. 3 for 15, 8 strikeouts. 8 strikeouts. Three for 15, eight strikeouts. I, I I think it's a legitimate question. Here we go. Brandon right away says he needs to get back on the juice. Right away. There you go. <laughs> that didn't take long. 
Uh, Merlin says, definitely a prove-it year. He's getting paid to be the man. If he doesn't produce this year, you got to start to begin to wonder to move on. I don't think you move on. I don't think you can move on. That's the problem. I don't think you can move on from Christian Yelich, but I think this is one of those years where you got to look at it and say, you know what? This is the year. Ever since you got the contract, now we know COVID shut everything down, and we get it. But ever since the contract uh, signed has been signed, it's been really subpar. Now I understand coming back from the injury, the kneecap, the whole thing. I get it. But this is that year. This is that year. Um, chime in over in the Bud Light live stream as well. Uh, great day says, I think the twins were worried about the underperforming of John, uh, Joe Maurer when he got on his deal years ago, says a lot to counsel and the job that he is doing, uh, with an albatross contract on this team, potentially. Uh, judge Schmel's burner account says he needs his sign stealer back. Uh, Jim says great players don't have two off years in a row. I hope I'm wrong. I don't see him duplicating the MVP years. You don't lose your power all at once. There's a lot of people that are kind of looking at this thing in maybe the same light that I am. Kevin says the year he got the MVP came when he had guys like Braun, Ustakis, Grandal, Thames hitting around him. I'm a little, I am a little, but if you watch, um, where did it go? But if you watch uh, his at-bats, this spring his swing is better, and he's hitting it, although at people uh, the Brewers need to make a splash to surround him again. Uh, Brantley says, I mean, we pay Rodgers, and he still failed. I don't think this is a prove-it year. Let's just see what he does. Uh, look at Mike Trout. He's the best, and he has smelled the last postseason three times. I'm not worried about the postseason, Brantley. I'm worried about the numbers in the regular season. And Mike Trout has not failed in the regular season. Um, Eric says, how about Kane, one of the uh, highest paid brewers? He had a severe decline in production, and no one seems to be questioning him. Stop, Eric. You can't even be you, – you, you, you can't be that stupid. That's apples to oranges, and Kane's much older. Father time grabs you at some point. We all know that. And Kane's deal is nowhere near – what uh, they're paying, what they're paying um, Christian Yelich based upon the productivity. Come on. Like, you can't question, like, like how dare you question Christian Yelich? Come on. You can't be that stupid. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, feel, feel free to go ahead and do so. Hit us up. Um... This one's from Mark. Mark says, uh, I think the Brewers are just going to be able to pay him everything they possibly can and hope that he comes back. Well, it's I get it. I mean, he's making, what, $22 million this year? Like Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo Cain's deal. Lorenzo Cain, he's making, what, I think 17 I think, this year? Lorenzo Cain made, um, just sitting here going, he made 16 last year, five and a half uh, the year before during the shortened season, 15 and 14, okay, out of that $65.8 million deal. $65.8 million deal. All right. They're paying Christian Yelich a little more than that. Let's be honest. Right? They're paying him a little more than that. Christian Yelich's deal is almost $180 million. 
180 million. Little bit different. The expectation, a lot more. A lot more. For what Christian Yelich is being expected to do. So you can't even comp- We're not talking about Lorenzo Cain, a guy coming to the end of his career. Christian Yelich just turned 30 years old. Lorenzo Cain is 36. That's a drastic difference in the world of baseball. Christian Yelich just turned 30 in the beginning of the year. He was 29 last year. Come on. Uh, He says, I'm not saying that, but uh, Christian Yelich isn't the only underperforming brewer. No, I agree with that. But he's also the highest paid. He's the guy that got the contract based upon big-time power numbers. When you look at Christian Yelich's numbers and what he was to where he is, it's not even comparable. Not even comparable. 877-867-1670, Again, I'm not picking on Christian Yelich. I'm just simply saying when you look at his numbers for what he was, go back to 2018 when he hit 326. 326. He had, uh, what, 36 home runs, 110 RBI. The next year, he followed it up in 2019, hit 329 with 44 home runs, 97 runs batted in. 97, 44 home runs. In the last, in, and that was 580 at bats in 2019, 651 at bats in 2018. In 600 at bats over the last two years, he's given you a total of 21 home runs, total 21 home runs, and a batting average of 231. That is 100 points less than where he was. That is 100 points less for the contract he signed. It doesn't matter the money. Eric, stop. Stop. The expectations are vastly different between Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich is the guy that's supposed to be the leader of the team. There's no more to explain there. 877 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, AJ says, uh, I believe in Christian Yelich this season. He's going to come back even stronger. Last year he was coming back from the knee injury. Uh, this one's from the Black Sinatra. It says, uh, a lot of faith in Yelly. Look for a big, booming season. 35 home runs. Book it. Black Sinatra, you demand. A lot of optimism there. Stephen Jay says, what do you mean the Brewers are a good bet? Stephen Jay, read the article, okay? Read the article. I've already explained it. If you're not going to do the homework, don't don't hit enter. <laughs> J.A. writes in the email inbox, he says, a unit of the enthusiasm. I hope that Yelich does have that kind of a season. If he does, he'll book it. The Brewers will end up in the postseason uh, I think they're going to win the division anyway, but Yelich being back to Yelich-esque form would put this team as a favorite to win it all. I to, to at least get to a World Series. I we, we have yet to see the way the season's going to play out, but to at least get to a World Series, I would agree with you. I just I I think everything on paper. There's a lot of optimism. There's cautious optimism. Cautious optimism. 
Jay says, uh, I understand all the apprehension of Brewers fans. We are set up to fail every year. Since 1982, we've not been able to get back to the World Series. I'm expecting them to get there and hoping that they do, but I'm going to come up with every excuse why they won't so my heart doesn't break. Jay, welcome to Wisconsin. Welcome to Wisconsin. It's it's kind of the same. I understand it. I understand it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to talk with Ben Wargle. We're going to talk a little bit. We're going to deviate for a minute. Hang in there. We're going to get back to this. Going to get back to this. But um, we're going to talk with Ben Wargle. Got to talk some Badger football. How did Graham Mertz look? How has he looked? He's back on the practice field again tomorrow. We're going to get into all of this. How's the football team trending? And then we'll get back in to the, is this a prove it year for Christian Yelich? I want to get back into that as well. This portion of the program brought to you by uh, a lot of good people who uh, bring us the program each and every day. One of them being Four Seasons Island Resort. And you can check them out in Pembine, Wisconsin, the Four Seasons. They got some stuff going on right now. So, look, I told you about the uh, Two Girls, Two Glasses tour, the wine tour that's going on. It's not on their website. You have to call. You got to call. It's called Two Girls, Two Glasses, the Spring Wine Tour event. That's going on. You got to call. It's not on the website. You got to call. Call them. Uh, call Barb. 715-324-5800. 715-324-5800. Again, 715-324-5800. Get a hold of Barb, and she'll explain the whole thing to you. Right now, though, they've also got an all-inclusive package for two adults for two nights. 600 bucks a couple. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, rail drinks, beer, wines, all during the bar hours, lodging, all of that, two nights, all-inclusive, 600 bucks On the island, on the island, again, you got to call Barb, 715-324-5800. That's the Bill Michaels deal. You only get that here, 715-324-5800. Can't, can't get any better than that. Can't get any better than that. That's our friends at Four Seasons Island Resort. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Continue on. So glad to have you. Bill Michael Show. Talking some uh, Badger football as the Badgers are back on the uh, the practice field. Uh, off today, back at it again tomorrow. Joining us now, Ben Wargle, covering the Badgers. And Ben, how you doing, pal? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me back. We're good. Uh, so, with, with by the way, Ben is with uh, the Badger Nation. Uh, you can find him uh, at the Badger Nation over on uh, over on Twitter. So, let me ask you this: um, How has Graham Mertz looked? It's early. Um, you know, they are not in full pads yet, which is the key here. That this is just one practice of four that they've done. They still have eleven more to go. Um, you know, he, he looks fine. Threw the ball well in 11 on 11, 7 on 7. They didn't do a ton of that. And again, it's not full contact. It's early, so it's hard to, you know, make any huge proclamations. This, this will be a big year for him. And I think he knows that. We haven't got a chance to talk to him yet. 
But so you look at where he was as a redshirt freshman in that big game against Illinois, and he really hasn't played remarkably well since then. He's had some moments, um, but his freshman redshirt freshman year, he battled COVID. You know, he had the shoulder injury that he didn't that wasn't reported. And then last year, you're expecting that big jump from year one to year two as a starter, and it just never happened. Uh, there was too many inconsistencies. There was too many turnovers, and. You know, there were moments later in the year on that, that seven-game winning streak that they had that put them in position to win a Big Ten championship that he played well. He played well against Northwestern. Um, I thought it was a big bounce-back game for him considering how poorly he played against Northwestern the year before. And just, his overall numbers were just kind of poor, and you didn't see that big jump that, that you needed to see. And so this is a big year for him, especially after you know, all that the rumor mill about Caleb Williams coming to Wisconsin, which was pretty much unfounded. Um, you, you see that this is still his team. He knows it's his team. He's going to have a younger group around him. There's going to be no Danny Davis, no Kendrick Pryor, no Jake Ferguson. This is going to be a, a much younger receiving core, and they're going to be looking at him to be the leader, and, and he has to step up to that role. So, I, I mean, I've heard a couple of good things where his arm is good, his read is good. I mean, how much can you tell from spring practice as to, we'll say, the maturity level of Graham Arts? It kind of depends on how he approaches it, right? I mean, you know, you look at spring. The spring is all about pretty much individual improvement, right? I mean, there's no mm-hmm. game plan you're installing. There's no uh, urgency to get ready for Saturday's opponents. You know, you pretty much are working on yourself for, you know, four weeks to put yourself in position for the next phase, which is summer conditioning, where you can improve your body physically with weightlifting, with um, strength, agility, all that different stuff. So Graham is going to kind of set the tone. And if he approaches this as just kind of checking things off the list here, um, I think that's going to be the approach everyone else takes. But if he brings, uh, you know, an urgency to it, a tenacity to it, like I need this time to get better, I think you're going to see the younger guys around him step up and have that approach. So, again, it's early. We, You know, reporters only been in there for one day, so it's hard to draw um, sweeping statements. But – I think time will tell as the weeks come how Graham is practicing uh, and how he is approaching his throws and, and drills if people are going to come along with them. But, you know, again, it's a long time until week one here of the season. Talking with Ben Wargle, you can follow him on Twitter at the Badger Nation. So uh, last year, the defense, they were top in many categories, or at least top 10 in many categories. They've lost some guys. How good is this defense going to be, and who do we need to look to to really kind of have a breakout season? Well, I think the defensive line could be strong this year, which is good. That's going to be the basis, you know, your foundation of the defense, especially in the 3-4. The Wisconsin defensive line, even dating back to the beginning of the Dave Aranda era, have never put up huge numbers statistically, but they have set the stage for so many other guys to have big years behind them, especially those linebackers. And Wisconsin had two phenomenal inside linebackers the last you know, two years in Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel. And so that's going to be the focal point here for this team and for Jim Leonard to replace that unit. Can you make the interior of your defensive line or excuse, interior of your linebackers better? And not only that, you don't have Noah Burks anymore either. And Nick Herbig is out with an arm injury. So this is going to be a brand new unit coming in here that's going to get reps, and that's the right time for it. you rather have the injuries and, and the void that you need to replace now to give a lot of guys a lot of reps compared to, you know, week three when you're preparing for whoever, right? And so it's going to be important for guys like Tatum Grass, 
uh, Bumu uh, Njogmeta um, at, at linebacker. Uh, you look at the secondary, a lot of secondary turnover too, right? And so you're going to need players who can step into the void left by Caesar Williams, by Scott Nelson, by Colin Wilder. And there's a lot of names. There's a lot of people that this team is going to be rotating through to get a good look at. So, I mean, I could give you a whole laundry list of names, but it's just basically it's wide open. There are 11 jobs, in my opinion, are wide open on that, on that defense. And it's, that's another reason why this year is going to be big for Graham Mertz. I don't think that Wisconsin has the personnel on their defense to be as good as they were last year. I still think they can be good. I still think this could be a really good unit because Jim Leonard is still their defensive coordinator. But to think that they could be as strong against the run, as strong against the pass, pass efficiency, all those numbers where they were top five, top ten last year, I think that's just pie in the sky. And so you're going to need a better offensive performance from guys like Mertz, Braylon Allen, and the rest of that offensive crew. So let me, and let me ask you this. The offense, how much different will it look if Paul Christ not calling the plays this year? See, that's going to be interesting because, you know, you bring in a new offensive coordinator in Bobby Ingram who right. did, who has worked under Paul before. And from what we have gleaned is that Paul is still going to be involved with the play calling and the prep during the week. But how much on game day? It seems like it's going to be Bobby Ingram's game to call. So how much freedom really will Bobby Ingram have? You know, we've seen that before with, I date back to 2012 with when Matt Canada was brought in under Brett Bielema. Brett still had a, a, a little bit of a stranglehold on play calling, which is kind of bizarre to me because Matt is an, was the OC and Brett is a defensive guy. And really there was so much internal struggle that year between coach and coordinator. I don't foresee that to be the case here because there's a, a longer history between Paul and Bobby, but Paul has called plays for eons, and the one year he didn't, two years ago, Joe Rudolph called plays, but you know it, it didn't work well. You could tell that it, it, there was no real consistency during the COVID year. Now, you also can blame COVID in part for that and just kind of the choppiness of the season. But I think a full offseason with Bobby Ingram, who has the pedigree, who has um, you know the history of being a solid offensive coach, whether it be at the tight end position, the wide receiver position in the NFL, he has, I think, earned the respect of the college players that he's going to be coaching. Will this work? And I think that's going to be, you know, the million-dollar question that this staff also has to figure out, too, because there's a lot of new pieces on this staff, right? Al Johnson is going to be coaching running backs. Bob Bosa has moved over from the defensive to the offense, uh, inside linebacks to the offensive line. There's new defensive coaches. Uh, it's There's... Spring is an important time for them, too, the coaching staff, to get into a rhythm, to figure out roles, and to kind of move forward. So I think all these things will be kind of hashed out uh, in the weeks to come. But how different is it going to be? You know, I, I think once we see maybe a little bit more scrimmage in practice, I think maybe even once we see a, a, a game or two, right, to see them play mm-hmm. a couple games and to get into that flow, then you can start to maybe kind of figure out what direction um, and what kind of the flow and the rhythm of game day is going to be with this, with this staff. Does it seem to be when Ingram took the job and, and comes over, does it seem to be that there's a level of excitement there? Like things, 
I'm not going to say now. I know, like you said, Paul Chris is still going to have his hands in the play calling and game planning and all that kind of stuff. But it, it seemed like once the announcement was made that Ingram was coming, there seemed to be this this like I don't want to say this in excited enthusiasm, maybe for a guy coming from the pro style, coming from the Baltimore Ravens, that's going to bring this breath of fresh air into a three yards and a cloud of dust over and over and over again mentality for the Wisconsin Badgers. Does it seem to be like there's a different pep in the step offensively? I think some people were hoping that Paul would really shake up the apple cart, right, and just kind of do something completely different, something really unexpected um, to kind of shake up an offense that had kind of been dormant the last couple of years. And then when you saw that it was going to be Ingram and that he has ties to Paul, I think some people were disappointed in that. But then kind of once you dig down into it a little, a little bit and understand that, you know, Bobby Ingram has, for being a younger coach, He's got a pretty good, you know, resume on his hands and that there's some different things here that he can bring to the table from having been the NFL, not having been a lifelong college coach that could maybe, you know, inject some new life into this team. So, again, it's early. Uh, we don't quite know what the, the game plan is going to be. I can tell you that it's not going to be a drastic shift from years past. You're going to see some new things because Bobby has learned some things with the Ravens that he can bring to Wisconsin that are going to be different. But, to think that they're still going to be – they're not going to be a run-first team anymore, I think, will be foolish. You would like to see, though, Wisconsin utilize that play action a little bit more. I think that's been lost the last couple of years is the threat of the play action pass. That works so well for guys like Jack Cohn and Scott Tolzien. Now, it takes a really good running back to, to make it work. And I think you saw over the course of the last month, two months of the season, that the Badgers have a pretty good one in Braylon Allen. And – Building depth behind him now will be key with guys like Ches Malushi, Julius Davis, Isaac Garendo, and moving forward. So, you know, I think there's options here for this offense to be a little bit more um, versatile than in past years. But I think Bobby Ingram, the hire is a solid hire. It makes the staff a little bit better, in my opinion, because you're able to move some pieces around. And I think that will help this, this offense maybe kind of get out of the rut they've been in here the last couple of seasons. Ben, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. And uh, as uh, spring ball continues and the season closes in, we're going to touch base again real soon, okay? Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Ben Wargle, and he is with Rivals.com. He covers uh, the Badger Nation over on Twitter and uh, covers the Badgers. Does an extremely good job doing it. So uh, glad to he, he could join us for a couple of minutes uh, on the hotline. 877-867-1670. We're going to get back into the discussion regarding the Milwaukee Brewers and Christian Yelich in a prove-it year so to speak. We'll get into all of that coming up here in just a little bit. This portion of the program, though, brought to you by our good friends over there at Quick Trip. Grilling season is here. They've got these uh, pork fillets, bacon-wrapped pork fillets right now for 99 cents. Limit five, but grilling season is upon us. A little warmer today. I know it's kind of rainy. You might not be outside grilling, but still they got those. they've got those take-home meals, which are fantastic. All kinds of stuff going on over there with our friends at Quick Trip. Stop in and check it out. Our friends at Quick Trip love that stuff. Those uh, those those pork fillets, bacon wrapped pork fillets, fine fine stuff, great for grilling and ninety nine cents limit five. So stop in pick them up ninety nine cents. That's it. That's from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
on a team like this, it could have been could have been any five guys that are going to be in that rotation to start the year. Um, yeah, I think three of us now will have that opening day start under their belt. Um, you know, obviously, Woody's had a couple. I think Lauer had one with San Diego, and now I have one. So um, just being in the rotation with, with a bunch of guys that have done it before and, and a bunch of good pitchers is, is pretty special. Welcome back. Brandon Woodruff. Talks about starting on opening day. Or, excuse me, Corbin Burns starts uh, talking about opening day. Good stuff. He has been dubbed the starter by uh, Craig Council, which was expected. I mean, come on. He's your Cy Young Award winner. He he should be your starter. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it means as much for your first game of the season to be the starter as opposed to being the starter at home your first game. When you get the the adulation, if you will, of the uh, of the fans, but you know, get that first one in under your belt, be the first one to do it. I get it. Not a bad way to go. But as he puts it, it's it's a game. You know, you got to go out and you got to perform. So it's it's a game. Is what it is. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This portion of the program again brought to you by our friends at Wisconsin Harley Davidson. Big event coming up. Bikes and brews this Saturday. Bikes and brews this Saturday. Get your tickets now. Uh, you get uh, you get admission. You get a little glass. You go around all the different craft breweries. You uh, you get yourself a little taste of each one. You've got some uh, some food there as well. Uh, they're gonna have music there. It's gonna be a good time. A lot of fun. That but it also kind of gets you in the mood. You you get a chance to get in, and smell the leather, take a whiff of that, feel it a little bit. Go to WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. Tickets still available, but it's an event that sells out. So if you don't have it, get it now. Go to WISHD.com and, uh, and check it out for yourself. It's going to be fun. I'll see you there because I'm going to be he- heading over there as well. So, And uh, our buddy Craig Winger, the uh, GM over there, today they had to put their, uh, their dog Ryder down. So I know it's a hard day for them. So a little extra hug when you walk by once they get over there. So if you head out to Bikes and Brews, yeah, it was a tough day for them. They had to put their dog Ryder down. Uh, Ryder, long time, uh, you know, puppy, if you will, of uh, his wife, Kelly's. And uh, and they were really great to me when I had to put Elmo down and Mickey down. And So same thing for them. I know today was a tough day for them. But uh, we, we should see them uh, over there coming up on Saturday for Bikes and Brews over at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. So go to WISHD.com, Highway 67 in Oconomowoc, just south of 94. Stop in, and uh, we will see you there for sure. Um, going back to the original question at, uh, at the top of the hour. Go back to the original question at the top of the hour. Big big prove-it year for Christian Yelich. Yay, nay, indifferent. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Hit us up. Want to hear from you. 877-867-1670. Do you feel this is a prove-it year for the uh, the contract that is Christian Yelich? As a, a lot depends on, on Yelich this year. A lot of... Optimism, I guess, is the best way to put it when it comes to, you know, what the Brewers will or will not do when it comes to Christian Yelich. So how big of a how big of a prove it year is is it for Christian Yelich? Uh, in the meantime, Christian Yelich, he saw Corbin Burns at his lowest back in 2019, the year that uh, Burns kind of went between the majors and the minors. 
Uh, Yelich, you know, had that locker right next to him. The good article, by the way, in case you didn't read it, by Adam McAlvey at Brewers.com. You can go to MLB.com and Brewers.com and see it. Um, but Burns, as you probably noticed, he's made it back. He's been really, really good uh, winning a Cy Young. Uh, now what could Burns do to top that? How about a first career start on opening day? As Brewers manager Craig Council said yesterday that Burns is going to be the April 7th starter at Wrigley Field making that announcement. And that was the day right after Burns threw 75 pitches and a really good outing and a 5-2 to win over the Giants. Okay? Uh, on the other hand, Council said Burns, who won the Cy Young Award, uh, said, typically I understand fashion. Burns calls it cool news. He said that, uh, you know, on a team like this, it could have been any one of those five guys in the rotation to start this year, Burns said, because they've all been that good this spring training. And they've all picked up kind of where they left off from last year. So now we'll see if maybe Burns, who had a little bit of an up-and-down year, lockering there for a while next to Christian Yelich, can help Christian Yelich get back to where he needs to be for this team to really have that, uh, I want to say, legitimate, viable shot of getting deep into the postseason. Is this a prove-it year for Christian Yelich? Is this a prove-it year for Christian Yelich? Andrew writes, uh, big-time prove-it year. Let's make no mistake about it. The specter of PEDs is hanging over Christian Yelich. If he doesn't perform this year, people are going to already start saying then he was on the juice just to get the money, and then after that he went off the juice. Um, I I don't think um, I don't think it's going to be the juice necessarily. I think it goes back to the rumors and innuendos coming out of the Houston Astros scandal when teams like the Brewers were being pointed a very shadowy figure, a finger at them as if they were benefiting by, you know, stealing signs and such. And and that he hasn't been the same since all of that went down. So, um, you know, I, I know there's a lot being said. Uh, Kyle says it sounds like Christian Yelich's exit velocity is close to being what it was a couple of years ago. Big prove it year for him. Um, his play this year may be the difference between an okay year and a really good year for the Brewers. Um, uh, Mark says, here you go. How long are we stuck with Yelich? Uh, well, if he proves it this year and gets the job done, then it's a big year for Yelich. Then it's kind of, you, you feel good about the deal all over again. That's the big thing is you feel good about the deal if he comes back and, and gives you what you were hoping for and gets back to close to being what he was. Because then you look at it as, okay, he had a bad year, coming off of the knee injury, maybe got some bad habits, got away from the game for a full offseason of, of basically, other than the lockout, no controversy on his end or the Brewers' end. So then it was just get back to doing what you do. And, and that would be the good news. That would be the good news. Um then, obviously, you know, if he doesn't have a good season this year and it's back to another 235, 255, 260 season, minimal home runs, power numbers are down, then you start to look at it and go, okay, what happened? From the day you put pen to paper, what happened? Because it's not earning the deal, you know? Um. Hell yeah, it's a, a prove it year. Uh, this one says the contract he got uh, was a little premature, in my opinion. Uh, well, but you needed to get that deal done. We all knew that was coming. Go ahead, Ben. What were you going to say? No, I think it has to be the kneecap. 
if something if it doesn't go right. I can't jump to the conclusion of juicing or even the sign stealing stuff. I mean, he hasn't been the same since he he broke his knee I in agree. 2019. I agree. But that's not the way people are going to look at it. Right. People are saying that he was the benefactor of sign stealing. He was the benefactor of PEDs, which I think is complete nonsense because that guy didn't, I don't think, gain an ounce of, if anything, he uh, he, he kind of got longer and lankier. I don't think he really kind of bulked up in any way, shape, or form, not even the the, the slightest bit. So I, I don't think, I mean, that's always going to be some, because it's baseball, that is going to be the thought process prevalent all the time. Anytime a player has great years and then all of a sudden just fades away, it's because they all say, well, Major League Baseball was catching on to him. They started testing him, so he couldn't hide it anymore. They, his, his supplier died. I mean, whatever it is you want to throw out there. I mean, that's what people will start saying. And obviously with that team being pointed at with that, quote, shadowy, shadowy finger saying, well, wait a minute, they were benefactors of sign stealing and Christian Yelich was a benefactor of sign stealing and he hasn't been the same since, all of that starts to come into play, right or wrong. That's just the perception becoming reality in a lot of people's minds. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah! A prove-it year for Christian Yelich, yay or nay? Or do you just got this faith like, eh, no big deal. Yelich is good. I'm not worried about it. No concern. No care. I, I'm not I'm not sitting here like, uh, it's not one of those sensationalistic things where it's, Yelich, good year, bad year, get rid of him. What, you know, it's not that. But in the eyes of the masses, like I said, perception becomes reality. Where you have really big years, back-to-back huge years. This guy's proven himself. Man! And then the kneecap, then the, the signing. And since then, it's been subpar. You know? Hasn't been good. Now, it's not Jackie Bradley Jr. bad. But it's just, you know, it's not great, right? So you just kind of go, you know, am I concerned about this? Should I be concerned about it? You know, if he doesn't have a good year, is it one of those, oh, here we go. We got another Supon on our hands. Jeff Supon's contracts, the albatross around the neck of the Milwaukee Brewers. No, I don't think I'm going in that direction. But. Again, perception becomes reality in a lot of people's minds. So people start thinking, yeah, you know what? This is this is, uh, this is a kind of a prove-it year. I'm, I'm looking over that fence saying, you know, if this team is going to find it, itself legitimately contending for a World Series, you're going to have to have – you're going to have to have big years out of a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. But you just got to have the back of your baseball card, you know? You just got to have the back of your baseball card. You got to be able to say, hey, I th- this is – this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm hitting. Got to get to that point. 877-867-1670, 877 867 
1670. You, you got to get back to, you know, being a 275, 280 at least hitter, you know, right? Am I wrong there? 877-867-1670. Um, let's see here. Uh, Tidbit says, uh, do you hear that? Look over there. Uh, one of these sausages is banging his head on a dumpster. <laughs> oh, that's funny. See, that's the perception, though, that if, if by chance he doesn't have a big season, that all of a sudden it's going to be a bad, you know, bad sign for everybody that, you know, criticized the Brewers for, quote, sign stealing and Yelich being the benefactor. Uh, Brantley says, if Yelich bats 270, 275, has 20 to 25 home runs, 70 to 80 RBIs, keeps his strikeouts at a league average, and every other stat is a little above league average, I'll take it. I feel like pitching is so much more dominant than it used to be, uh, even two years ago, because of the grip it and rip it crap. Um, you're, you're, Brentley, you're, you're completely right. I'm not going to go along with the, the, the pitching aspect, okay? Because remember, last year, the batting average before and the batting average after they started checking gloves and pants and hats for foreign substances went down. Or went up. The batting averages went up, and we and there was it was a it was a legitimate change. And they're still doing it, by the way. They're still checking pitchers. I saw it in uh, some of the spring training games. If you've watched some of the some of the Brewers spring training games, they still are checking pitchers coming off the hill. And pitchers, I know they get pissed. That's fine, but you're paying the price for every other cheater out there. It's not that you don't have integrity. It's that pitching itself did not have integrity because we all knew it, right? So that being said, they're still checking. So I think a couple of things. I, I would agree with you that if indeed he hits 270, 275, 280, gives you 25 home runs, I'm that that's solid. You take that. And if he gives you that and you've got – the pitching staff pitching well. You've got Urias at third or whoever they're going to play, although today's lineup is completely bizarre. Today's lineup is uh, a lot different than we've seen in the past. So you got to love spring training. Tyrone Taylor leading off today. Hunter Renfro at first base. Keston Hira back at second. Joe Gray, Sal Freelich starting in the outfield. Weston Wilson over at third. Now it's it's a different lineup. We all know that. But – they're just kind of throwing everybody out there. Hunter Renfro at first base? Just in case you have everybody in the outfield hitting well, Lorenzo Kane, McCutcheon, Yelich, you can start moving guys around. Renfro then comes into first. In case you have in, you got you got options. Not only do the Brewers love options uh, or contracts that are flexible, but they love those type of options as well, the versatility. So uh, I love spring training. This is the time to tinker with it. I will say, and, and Mark says, well, what about uh, Ryan? First of all, here we go. What about Ryan Braun coming back and either being a DH or playing first base? He could really help the Brewers. And he knows the clubhouse. They know him. It would be a good move. No, it wouldn't. It's a guy that's been out of baseball for now a year in a spring training. 
Uh, he looked terrible at first base. I know people going, oh, he didn't play that bad. No, he he's he's not an infielder. Maybe as just a hitter, maybe, you know, it takes him a while to come back and start looking at big league curveballs and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it wouldn't take him too long to be able to do it, but who are you going to take off the, the roster? Right, crickets. Um, Kyle says, you think the hiring of not one but two hitting coaches helped out? Wow. Two sets of eyes to say this is where you're screwing it up. Maybe not a bad way to go. Will Salmon covering the Brewers. Going to talk with him coming up. That's for damn sure. Hang in there. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.